2: Where, yes, Seattle lost, but obviously with the All-22, there is often solace to be found. And when I say found, I mean by the two people I'll be doing that with today. Griffin, you are known as a, a big-time coper in the, in the film industry. How much cope was there after this one?
0: What's funny is I don't even cope. I think it's the other people coping. <laughs> I don't think I'm the coper. I feel like I'm very content and mentally strong and uh, I'm not needing to play psychological oh, Psychological war up? games with myself. That's your De Niro. That's a good De Niro. Uh, <laughs> that was actually everyone's, a really good De Niro. You're, everyone's got a literally De Niro. Tar-
1: that was like a deep fake De Niro all of a sudden. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: was, um but so yeah, the um it was a really revealing game in that we were worried about this game coming in because we didn't want there to be a lapse, obviously, after four strong games in a row. And that's exactly what happened last year after they turned it around. Um, they had four really good defensive games, After you know, with crescendo with that Packers game. Then you had the Cardinals game after it. This had similar vibes, but there was a lot more um, – there's still a lot more connective tissue between you could say between the previous four games of this year that carried over into this game and where they failed was in areas where in the run game and we'll get, we'll get into it big time in the run game. It was, it came down to them basically just not being prepared because the other team did stuff that they normally don't do the stuff that they did do in the run game. They defended well, and then you could argue, well, they defended what they prepared for well. So from a um uh, from a a uh, um from a preparation standpoint, I mean they kind of they held up how as they expected to. In the past game they had the same blunders that they've been having all, all year long even during the this, the past four games when they've had a good stretch. It's just the Bucks leaned all the way into that with some some caveats there Um, but all all in all I don't think this game has to define them moving forward but it's still a huge like this is a critical point in where they are in the season right now because you have to you have to get back on track and say the last four games is the true the true us and this is a a flash point that we can you know improve on I don't know how about you guys
2: well I think it's important to say that this is like the best a team has executed against Seattle on both sides. Well, all three sides of the ball that I can remember. Like the Buccaneers were just like perfect, absolutely flawless you know, on in, for most of this game. Like I, I can't believe how good they were. And then you add in they had a good game plan as well schematically. but And you combine the two things like for Seattle to have a slight off day yeah, obviously, was going to end in a loss, and then they only lost by five points. They they only lost 21-16. So before we get into the nitty gritty, that is, you know, you know, it, it was pretty obvious that the Buccaneers played well live, and then even you know watching back the broadcast copy. But again, on on the all twenty two, that was apparent. Like the Buccaneers were just outstandingly good, and. Uh, I think Pete Carroll himself as well. He 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 mentioned. Uh, I always say himself after that. <laughs> Pete Carroll at him. Carroll he, himself, he, he, Pete himself, Carroll himself, himself, as opposed himself. to
1: deep fake Pete Carroll. Right, right, right. For uh, rhetorical effect. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. Pete. Pete said how you know he you know the Buccaneers just basically were better. Which I mean, they were better. They were. Yeah. So. Griffin, the defense. Now they gave up only three touchdowns, and really, if the offense had showed up a bit quicker, this could have been a bit different. Especially with that weird offensive pass interference thing waved off, where I mean that should probably be a bigger story. But anyway, how? I, I mean, the the big thing for me, and I, we said it in the <laughs> the past podcast we did we dis I. Tr- tried to avoid the discourse, but the Buccaneers ran the ball often. They didn't do it that great. Like it was only 3.7 yards per carry, right? Mm-hmm. However, they did it a lot. And now some of that three explosive that, runs.
1: That yards average per carry is a little skewed by three kneel downs by Tom Brady. So yeah. I think I think oh, it was actually I four. I think it's I actually like four plus numbers. Oh, you got, got, ex- I haven't I haven't got the real numbers.
2: I haven't excluded the kneel downs. So I have. Wow, so the shot. running back mm-hmm. attempts
0: only, 164 yards on 38 attempts. Now, I forgot to type in the average. I have I think 44 that was like,
2: rushing attempts on the ESPN box score. So they never six I, times.
0: I, remo- I removed all six of Tom's. Oh, with six whatever. kneel downs. Tom had six carries. I don't know if they were kneel downs. But hmm. I think that, I don't know, did he scramble once or twice? I don't think so. No. So then they had six kneel downs. Um, I
2: guess three and three. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah, they they ended the half of the ball. I think. Yeah. So right. one hundred
0: and sixty four yards on thirty eight attempts. Um, that I think what is that four point three? Let's do some quick math. Here. Okay,
2: so that's actually a bit better now.
0: It's still only four point three, which isn't egregious, mm-hmm. but um, because if if we think back to the first four weeks, you were getting outlier rushing efficiency. On you from opposing offenses every week where it's like so so efficient it's unsustainable um to to bring a little more context to that number though and and the effect that the bucks had because watching broadcasts, it felt pretty bad but they had they were for this week their ground attack was the 10th best epa per rush which from a defense's perspective is unequivocally bad it's firmly below average but it's nothing like egregious um but then their success rate the bucks success rate was like second to last this week of 28 teams that played they were like the 27th highest success rate so the rate of su- the rate of plays that seattle defended well in the ground game was incredibly high it's just when they when the runs popped they popped hard um and, you know, with 38 attempts, you know, I mean, maybe just play the numbers, they're bound to, one's bound to, to pop a little bit. But the Bucs had a really good scheme, though, um, a really good approach, especially when they went into the gun. And that's where Seattle was formationally and personnel-wise ill-prepared. Um, and the reason why they were ill-prepared is because the Bucks just didn't do a lot of that stuff that they did. I mean, they threw the book at them schematically. Um, so, I mean, k- kudos to Byron Leftwich because that was a really good game plan.
2: Yes, so it seemed like they were able to find the weak point in the front, but then also if you're running thirty eight times, you will eventually hit some stuff. Right. Like I didn't like the vast majority of the plays were defended well. It's just like what's the issue in bare fronts? Well, you do have a C gap bubble, and if you run counter into that C gap bubble, you can get some things going right now
1: maddie yesterday when we were doing our show you were saying that you you saw on the tape that the defensive line was really struggling with the field was that also apparent with the run game because you talked about that in the context of the uh, the pass rush game but what about the run game
2: i mean i don't think so i think it's more to pass rush i mean maybe a tiny bit but like they're also both playing on the same field now did the bucket have better cleats like maybe but um yeah and then griff in the in the i don't know if you agree with that but then in the four down kind of looks griff uh the issue was more when they were just holding the too high shell and you know a guard pulls and or they do wind back and then the angles just aren't quite there they're just a bit too light
0: so yeah um really what hurt them when they were in the 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 four-man front the even space where you've got a, a one technique and a three technique and you set the three technique to the strength of the offense so either either the tight end or whatever side has more receivers on it so constituting a over front right that means to the nose to the nose tackle side that b gap is open the b gap bubble so they ran gap scheme which was primarily counter to that weak side and what that why that's a problem is that means that tackle to the open B gap side, the B gap bubble, he's free to climb. And that means he was picking off that the backside linebacker and on the broadcast, it might seem, Oh, Cody Barton's getting washed away or Jordan Brooks getting washed away. That's really just an impossible task, especially when you're out gapped. Now that said, they actually still had a number of plays where they were really sound structure wise. It's just when you're in a negative, a negatively situated front for certain runs, and the other team is committed to throwing those runs at you, they're going to pop eventually. And that was their issue. Hmm. The reason but, why. Go
2: ahead. To that point as well. Having eleven personnel, right? So yeah, there's a B gap bubble, but you can also pull to the um, like the C gap kind of area and you still got a four two box out there so the extra gap causes problems
0: right ironically though so strong pulling runs to, to the tight end they ran power um i have the numbers here they ran power out of gun like one back power meaning so if you got the tight end and what makes it power instead of a wrap or like a instead of trap is that the tight the tight end is is kicking out his edge so he's not he's not blocking down and finding a second level linebacker. He's kicking out his edge and that pulling backside guard is pulling inside his gap. Um so like they were getting they got one back power a handful of times, like legit power. Um, and they actually defended that quite well out of out of even fronts. Um it was really counter. I mean, if, all right, so I have the numbers counter, they got fifty-four yards on six carries. Um Three of them were explosives, so two of them were like seven yarders, and so it just
2: is this. Sorry, is this the incomplete rushing numbers? It's not
0: is, formational. That that no no. What I just said, counter fifty four yards and six carries was when Seattle was in an over front okay. with a too high shell. So when they're in even, so but so basically gap scheme week they couldn't handle gap scheme strong in it they could and then also when they ran inside zone um and and even some like like iso or lead gap scheme when they were in that front they also defended it well uh so i their their total their total yards against inside zone outside zone toss plays duo lead wineback etc they averaged like 2.6 yards per carry yeah it was when they they had one explosive play from under center um, outside zone, like toward the end, where they just put a bunch of gaps out and, and they were some guys got in the wrong gaps. But outside of that, it was all the gap scheme to the weak side when they were in shotgun and Seattle was in an even front that really killed them. And so you could say, well, if they bottle up most of it, was it a good game plan? They clearly game plan the crap out of third downs this game. They weren't trying to get they weren't trying to get chunk gains with these, like moderate gains, like four to seven yarders with this stuff. I think the Bucs weren't. I think they were accepting the fact that not every one of these is going to pop. But the ones that do will tilt the field. And the ones that don't to keep their series alive in the drive, they're going to rely on Tom Brady to deliver the ball. And their third down game plan was really good. And then their execution, Maddie, like you said, was also incredible. Um, like I mean, how and we'll get into the passing, but how many times did Seattle defend things almost perfectly? How m- how many times did the defender nearly have a hand on the ball, and how many times did they complete the pass anyway? Like poor Kobe Bryant, I'd say he had a rough game. But some of those looks, I'm not going to fault him too much. Like that's Godwin, that's Julio Jones, that's Mike Evans, like it's Tom Brady throwing it. You know, you're a rookie. You know, the fact that you're even competing like you are is kind of impressive, but at some point yeah make a play but that's what really determined the game was when those gap scheme early down runs of which they did a lot of didn't work when when the duo runs and outside zone didn't work um they relied on Tom on third down so it was kind of they were committed to the to, to the whole big picture here um
2: yeah. yeah so so here's a here's an example on the screen of what uh griffith is talking about wherever uh they i mean this isn't perfect but you have the front set to the tight end so it's still an over front but they just set it to the tight end because they want to try and maintain this 4-2 box and essentially tampa bay gets three guys to two guys in a gap in the b gap bubble uh by by basically doing a counter run here as well uh, with the two high shell um and count is difficult in the 4 2 box because the two linebackers behind, like they can, with gaps, right? One, if it's, you know, as Griff was saying, if it's to the three tech, if it's to the guy who's actually already in a B gap bubble. kept clean a bit but also you can flow to it quicker if it's inside zone you can flow off it you can stack your alignment and then fall back with the cutback but counter the misdirection element and then there's the timing of it and by the time you can't really slow play when it's a 4-2 box but counter kind of requires that and so that's why that hits against gun.
0: So is this the one where that left tackle so the B gap bubble is the gap to the right of Ford here. Yes. The left the left tackle is free to get to the second level. He's not looking he, at Barton. He's looking to pick off Brooks. Yes. And, so, and
2: because because uh the backside guard comes for Irvin, and then uh I I don't know who gets Barton, but
0: so so I think Barton's free. Barton gets correct leverage i think on this one if i remember correctly irvin spills that guard pulling that that right guard pulling like you said barton gets front side leverage on the tight end who is the lead block he gets outside leverage on it and then brooks can't scrape over i mean first of all this, this is not only the problem with the front but the fact that they're out gapped brooks is starting alignment he's like in a 60 yeah i mean he can't you're asking him to get all the way because he, he's side
2: worried Right.
0: So if they were gapped out, the alignments would change. And then, so it's, it's a double whammy of the front being vulnerable and your light in the box. So that's, it puts like the, the stress is multiplied on that second, the second linebacker in the fit, like the backside fitter at the second level is screwed. And now that said, they had so many looks like that where they held up. Okay. You know, and like, it was kind of impressive. And I think that demonstrates how far along they've come and playing their individual techniques and stuff.
2: Yeah. Like but Pete, the- Pete wasn't, he wasn't panicking in the same way that he had early in the season. Like they just got got by some good plays, but like execution yeah. mm-hmm. wise, it, they weren't like bad. They, they this is having- more
1: like a learning moment rather than like a hit the panic button moment. It's
2: more like the coaching yeah. staff just kind of got outdone, Like, right. And, and also like they didn't, I mean, like they did try stuff, like spilling their ends, um, spilling certain looks with their ends. Uh, I, 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 to me, the run stuff comes down to, like I said, they just had such a volume of runs that at a certain point, it's pretty different. Are you
1: are you you saying body blows, Maddie?
2: No. So I think, (laughs) but but they had such a variety, they had such a diverse running scheme. Mm -hmm. That so eventually, you know, and they were str- they were attacking areas which are weak points, like that. So eventually...
0: Seattle's solution to this, sorry to jump in, but Seattle's solution to this is to play that the three three five right where you, and they did a little bit of it, but but not enough. Right, the three three five where you've got two, two pounders in the B gaps. So you maybe got a one technique instead of a zero technique, but then you've got one outside linebacker um to the uh they they set him weak right and then you've got kobe bryant essentially being your strong side force defender but your 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 edge he basically replaces one of the outside linebackers now you're not having him set a hard edge but he's in the fit they try to take him out of the fit if they can depending on the formation but sometimes formations pull him in but i mean kobe will stick his neck out in there but when you're getting gap scheme that means pullers to the perimeter. Yes. You are not trying to have a 200-pound nickel who no. is very much a corner background nickel, not a safety background nickel at that, playing the edge there. So, Which
2: why the package that supposedly existed of Jamal Adams kind of being in that there. That would have been, would been really, have been really interesting. That would have been really interesting because now, now they're yeah. kind of missing the answer. And I and, know, Griff, you said that... Um, I kind of agreed with your tweet on you know Brian Monet's absence not being a big deal, but but to me and or not being the difference in this game, but to me what it signifies is that they weren't going to be running like three three five. They didn't need an extra close yeah. tackle. That's like Adams point. is included, which I I'm repeating what I said last week, but uh, like, we're. Yeah. we're- where it might have had an effect
0: is you put Mona at, at on at nose and then you can play woods at big end a little bit yeah, but that yeah, still defeats the purpose him. of yeah. wanting defeats the purpose of wanting to be a pass rush oriented front right now there is another solution to this though because the reason why they want Kobe out there and to play odd space at the same time is it goes into the idea of having both Barton and Brian out on the field right so that you can have coverage oriented players to either slot because otherwise the alternative is you might have one of your edge rushers as a slot defender, right? And you're can only mm. you limited with what you can do with them out there. So an interesting solution to this is where you basically play Falcon last year. Where Brooks is your second edge defender. And if he gets walked out, you live with it because that's Jordan Brooks. He can go carry a seam if you need mm-hmm. to. And you become flexible there. And that means Cody's at Mike. And you can still close off the interior bubbles, and Cody's free. You're not going to get contact on him, and that way you can keep Kobe Bryant protected. And he's he is locked to the side of where your fourth edge rusher is. Now the problem is, then you become predictable with who the fourth edge rusher is and who the seventh chopper is. So you'd have to switch it up a little bit, where you drop that guy and rush Jordan. But
2: what if you um, did it? They won't do that. But what if you did it like Mint? Like literally mint style, and you then uh, slant slanted the front while sending a linebacker as the an off ball linebacker as the fourth rusher, and then asked like a Nwosu or someone to do a bit more in the coverage if if required. That yeah, and that's where Taylor could really be trying making, you know his to money. keep to keep to help he alleviate the stress of. uh 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 Brian being in this I don't know. We're, yeah, we're getting into
0: yeah. the weeds here. We're getting into the weeds. And the thing is they're not going to see this again because if they see the same scheme again, it's going to be from teams that do this stuff. So they're going to come ready. Yeah. And they're not going like, to be worried about it's the It's weird
2: that game. it's weird that Tampa Bay hadn't been doing this stuff because it's like at the end of the day when they're rolling like this is what you think that they're good at, right? Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean that that's that's Bruce
2: Arians. He wants to duo you and pocket play yeah. action that's all he wants to do when so here it comes to the run game. In, in this image we can see how counter is an issue for their their like base bear five two kind of look where you have the they'd be getting away of this for a few weeks where they've been getting great play out of their four uh four tech four eye technique player but running counter to the seat gap bubble got a 29 yard run for rashad white where again the tight end can free release He's not going for the front side inside linebacker. He's going for the backside inside linebacker, and so it all squeezes down on the line while there's a backside pulling guard coming out.
0: And Irving at- is it's great to ahead.
2: spill him. Yeah, but, he's spilling. Um, he's not boxing. Which again, that was in middle field closed. They were like trying to do stuff to help with counter, but it still didn't quite get it done. And then the the fullback, uh, he comes in on the counter path. He takes Brooks turns him back. And then it's basically Ryan Neal who's holding a too high sh- shell, and that's the one adjustment they could make—just get your ass down in box to make the crack back block harder. But Neal coming down, he got crack backed. and then Woolen had to crack replace, and there was just too much space between Woolen and what was actually uh-huh. Cody Barton. There was like basically the C gap where the run hit up, and it went for twenty nine yards. Yeah. So, but again, you know, if- I'm surprised they didn't do more counter. You know, but like, mm. yeah, yeah. No, I
0: I agree because they were getting everything they wanted out of it. Um, it I mean, it really moved, it really tilted the fields for them. Now, so to reminisce a little bit, Ken Norton Jr.'s answer here in that picture is to slant the 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 interior three toward that sea gap. Um, and, and then you did do a
2: tiny bit of like movement and like a tiny bit of blitzing. I feel they probably didn't come into this game prepared for those answers, right, Griff? And I think right—that's that's, that's they, the whole thing here. They 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 didn't quite come with enough in the toolkit, even though they probably do have it in the scheme. They just didn't expect this game to be that kind of deal, and so they didn't have it. Along with the fact that it's Tom Brady out there, and you know, if you haven't repped it, and it's Brady, then you get a bit worried about what you can get away with.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's. I mean, this was like the ultimate tendency breaker game for the for the Bucks, right? So, it's yeah. just like how do how do, you, how do you how do you prepare for that?
2: That is the major factor here. Like that is the major factor. So, like Griff, you mentioned Brady being uh, electric on third down, and a lot of that was just some crazy, even not on third down, but some crazy tight coverage somehow being complete. Kobe Bryant had like. Two or three, or maybe even four, like he's plastered over the guy. He just can't quite get the passing complete. Like it's it seemed like a once in a season type of game for the Buccaneers wide receivers, really. Like I I can't believe they caught some of these passes.
0: And they've Uh, been having issues with hauling in, even if they're not drops. They've been having issues hauling in tough catches and they just made all the tough catches. And Kobe gets his hand on the ball. Like that's his thing too, right? Yeah. At least in college.
2: So maybe this is a very just a weird kind of variance issue. Yeah. Now and if it's
0: a variance issue to your one of your original points, they only lost by one score. You know?
2: Yeah. Now Seattle also had um the bust. Uh, the busts. So the first one is Julio Jones' thirty-one yard touchdown, which comes on a uh third and 11 which is like super super disappointing and in our reaction podcast i couldn't really tell what the coverage was supposed to be it actually seems like seattle was pushing their weak hook player
0: so yeah uh, so it was cover three we know that much
2: yeah so if i get up my uh picture for everyone oh it's gone a bit blurry oh ah, well uh so it, it looked like they were, I think, just be, it, it sort of makes sense in the way that they've run cover three. And I went back and found other examples of this coverage, which they started working in during um, during the, the previous th- uh, few weeks, where basically Diggs is the deep guy, and but he's still a hook defender. He's still one of the interior cover three zones. And then Brooks is like the low hole kind of, defenders a little more staggering the hooks which they've done in the past as well but in the in the kind of Fangio like it's basically like how Saban does cover three basically in in that world it does really turn into a lot more like cover one almost it looks like situations mm-hmm. and here this just seems like a simple one of like it, I asked Pete about how playing match coverage match coverage is more difficult And he he went to this play without me even suggesting it. (laughs) And he said how they repped it. And it's about basically, if I give you this guy, you need to take it. And Brooks didn't take it, which he should have done. Uh, It's difficult because Evan stemmed inside and occupied his eyes. But also, like, you can see Brady setting up right here. Brooks just needed to trust that Woolen was doing his job and play the route. Brooks sort of, you know, seeing is believing. And Brooks hasn't quite trusted guys to get it done at the moment, uh, in, especially in like the middle field close, the new matching rules of the cover three they're running this year. Yeah. And uh, that showed up here.
0: And it, it would be, a, I mean, I, I definitely felt like it was on Brooks because the way Quandre plays it, it just doesn't make sense that he would kneel down on that shallow. It no, would yeah. be a, Quandre, it's a new way to shove.
2: It's a really cool idea. Like it, it, it basically a, removes any combination you can get out the trips Mm -hmm. yeah as soon as x is under is saying you're screwed because we're gonna have like one two three layers and uh width and depth on you like you're just removing everything and like what's the three receiver doing well we, we we're basically getting layers to that as well
0: i feel like it kind of wastes if you're not going to have josh jones really shove to you know like i mean he's he's running true middle right mm. i feel like it kind of wastes digs a little bit because
2: i get yeah i guess but then it's sort he, of he like ha- it's, play- it's over overplaying dagger isn't it
0: well but can he play dagger from from maybe it's just the way he's moving but that's what i was thinking about by having brooks Having Brooks nilled down, you're losing your your hash runner, basically, your strong hook defender. I think,
2: I think Diggs think go to the dagger.
0: You think so? Okay. Yeah.
2: Because he flies out there. That's what really made me realize that, like, it's on Brooks because as soon as this Julio goes underneath, like, Diggs forgets about the three, like, eyes-wise. He's immediately thinking to the two because he knows Woolen's taken the three, the innermost receiver yeah. out the field. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. it's just something they have to hammer out.
2: Yeah. So then the other issue has been, uh, well, well. First, before we get to the other issue, which is a, a bigger theme for the season and a bit troubling, to be honest. How did you view the catch uh, down near the goal line where it, it looked like? I don't Miller. know if they got the call in to, to Scotty. Like, was that the Scotty Miller?
1: Was yeah, it the where one he, where he jumps where he, up in the air and falls? Yeah, where down? he where he jumped when he yes. didn't need to. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. And Neil plays like he's in a deep half, but Diggs comes down super aggressive.
0: Oh wait, I'm thinking of wait, wait, wait. wait which one are you thinking of now?
2: Um, is maybe. it the
0: one where it's it's uh, trips again? I think they no, motioned the trip.
2: it's play action and they get like a scissor combination. And Neil in the half plays a vertical route, and there's Diggs flies down into the flat and plays the back. It's like they were playing cover three. And and uh, do you want a timestamp?
0: Yeah, that'd be good because I'm 1700. I can't. They
2: get trips, yeah. 17 I think they bust the check. Because, like, I I watched this live. Okay, yeah,
0: this one. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know if this is uh, a busted check. Or, to me, it looked like aggressive. Maybe it could be, like, red zone quarter, quarter half. But that doesn't make sense. The right-hand side plays, like, cover three. And the left plays, like, cover two, where they're expecting quarters backside or something.
0: The... I just assumed it was – I assumed it was cover three and Neil, he just stays kind of tight on two at first because but he's
2: trying to Jackson protect- plays like a cover two corner.
0: Oh, yeah, he does. And then oh, Neil yeah, t- yeah, he does. And then
2: Neil turns around and he like stares at uh, I think where Brooks ends up like what on earth we're playing two different coverages here.
0: So it looks like, it looks like they're playing – yeah, cover two to that side with
2: Diggs never comes down that hard if he's not playing. He plays like he's cover three guy, like a flat player coming down.
0: Yeah. And then if if it's clouded to that side though, why is Kobe acting like he's kind of a flat defender?
2: Right. This doesn't well, make sense. So Co- so Kobe plays I just... like a hook.
0: Yeah. I I assumed this was just busted cover three, and I couldn't understand why Kobe was zoning. I thought there's no reason to zone this one, this particular cover three carried number two. But you're right, Mike Jackson's clouded, and that makes Neil make way more sense. He's a cloud. Maybe Kobe. So it could, Kobe could think he's a curl flat defender, and he might think it's covered.
2: I think the right hand side just played three. Or and then the left hand side, even Brooks plays more like three, and so does, oh Kobe. I I get what you're saying. Kobe, though. yeah, yeah. It's not Cody, Kobe. So, yeah. But yeah, Jackson and Neil play like halves. Um, and they did change from two by two into trips, and so, but this this seems like they're playing the wrong coverage. Like, like so
0: I mean, Brooks could very well be playing the middle hook in half quarter quarter. He right? could because
2: he's got a three over here. The threes to the flat. Cause so I initially which, thought one of Brooks or Kobe, like you're saying needed to get on under the two, but the more I, I like live I'm, I'm I was like situated on the opposite uh, 35 yard line. So I had a view right behind this. um I had a view right behind this. It was in yeah, Tampa Bay territory, right behind just, this. And I just saw digs fly down and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, they're running cover nine, weak rotated three cover three sky.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, uh yeah. Diggs is
2: on the back. And then and then I was like, oh my word, where on earth is the post safety? And I'm like, I watched the replay and I'm like, well, Jackson's in the cloud and Neil's in a deep half. So what on earth are they doing? Like, yeah. is this like a red zone quarter, quarter half? Like, to me, that seems too complicated. Because if it like, was a red zone quarter, quarter half, you'd match uh kobe on the two or have brooks actually just playing the high hop like it just it just seems like a flat out we're playing two different coverages here
0: maybe uh like maybe woolen and digs are an inverted but
2: that's what i wondered but that doesn't seem right
0: it doesn't seem right at all um either way kobe has to kobe Bryant has to be wrong
2: Uh... yeah
1: that has to be kobe right Because like Brooks has to take the because
0: because we're we're assuming we're assuming it's cover two to the boundary.
2: But but then Griff, if 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 Kobe thinks it's still cover three, maybe he's treating this as the push thing. Whereas the issue we'll get to, which is the fast three that Seattle's been having, because he might think that Brooks needs to take the new the new guy up the seam. By wrong
0: I mean by wrong I mean if it is cover two to the boundary then Kobe's wrong because he's playing it like it's cover three and he had the call wrong itself. Right. So he's 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 not playing the technique wrong for what he thinks the call is. He's playing the technique wrong because he doesn't know what the call is.
2: Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that was a really messy one and that, that set up the Buccaneers' second touchdown, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Seattle's been having real issues with in cover three – when you are playing uh, into the boundary, you you get uh, a condensed set, and it's two by two. Like for instance, this to avoid being stretched by what we'd call a fast three receiver. There, there's two ways to do it. You can make a like a zone area call, right, Griff? Or you can change your match and given Seattle is running match where the basically the curl flat player is always going to be covering the number two receiver and the, the the hook player to his inside is always going to line up, is always going to be relating to the number three receiver. But if the three receiver gets out really fast, they can make an, a push call. And so that three receiver out really fast becomes the new number two. And so the curl flat gets to him. But then to replace the curl flat, who ordinarily would match a two receiver down the seam to replace him, then the hook player to his inside, he pushes over and takes the new number two, which which may originally have been, uh, you know, not his responsibility. And he matches that down the field. So he basically replaces the curl flat player's coverage. And the curl flat player basically plays onto the three. Yeah. Yeah. And they've had issues with this. Like we, we talked about on our tape podcast, but the, the San Francisco uh, 49ers game, the Detroit Lions game, uh, Cardinals even. Now, sometimes it's been found out. Sometimes it hasn't. Again, Brooks is kind of a theme to it, but then he also does play linebacker, where he's often, you know, like I don't think it's just Brooks. And in this game, Seattle, uh, Seattle had Barton struggling with it as well. So it's not it's not just a Brooks issue. But the Bucks were clever because, like you can see here, when the ball came out for Cody. Is Ty, Ty's doing a great job with the graphics here, but as, as the ball came out for already to the other side, you can see Seattle's having an issue because Ryan Neal pushed with the back into the flat. The fast three, Woolen is over the top of one of these tight ends. Barton's kind of zoned off when would, mm-hmm. should he match a tight end here? And so, one of those tight ends would come open if, no. if Brady had looked that side. And you do wonder if that.
0: He, he can't match it. I mean, if you you want the corner to midpoint, if anything, but right, it's kind of hard to. That was the problem. Their distributions made it impossible for the corner to midpoint. So that's yes. why they were being broken. And you don't and you so, don't have. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Well, and so what showed up beautifully was down the stretch that when the Buccaneers really needed a big play in the red zone, they they got one with Cade Otten, former UW guy. Right, he he got down into the red zone by. Uh, making a catch on a similar kind of uh, like a, it's like a seam and a corner route where Woolen this time, I think he'd been told that he had to, like he had to midpoint it or, you know, play like pure zone principles to the combination, but they just couldn't, they couldn't match the route. Like it, it was too difficult. The corner route runs him off. I've got it coming up in a second, but I don't, I mean, that's just a good beat right, to write Griff, but also yeah. it's just weird that it's still. I still think you could match it, but also like, again, it's that thing of like, we, we always run cover three match, right? And like, for like Seattle, when they used to run soft sky and like Pete Carroll's old system, they would never have this issue against two by two.
0: I mean, yeah, because they knew their match rules in, the, in it and So like Saban has different rules for a fast three versus a slow three. Yes. And how that changes things. Fangio is pretty consistent in that. He almost never zones off the the match. He just has the mic take it through if it's fast or slow. And But I get like certain formations where it's hard to define who the number one is, who the number two is, like tight end wings, right, or condensed splits. That's where it makes sense to zone things, and this game they were zoning a lot, just like they did against the Cardinals. And Cliff was smart to make it difficult on them in that regard. Seattle was smart to then zone it, so they didn't have problems. But then, where Cliff failed was the patterns themselves didn't conflict the corner.
2: Yeah. And, so and left which
0: conflicted the corner.
2: Yeah. What was great about left which was he. The outside tight end here, he ran a corner route, which from the condensed split, the zone corner of Woolen is like, well, I've got to take this, it's, and it widens his zone. It keeps him out of the seam that they're looking to really get at. And Barton, I think, would probably have got under the seam route, but Brady set up, and I don't know if he intentionally pumped fake. I mean, it's Tom Brady, so we'll give him that. Yeah. But then he moved up in the pocket after this and Barton and uh, Brooks just stopped because they're like, the ball's got to come out. And it's just right into the hole. I mean, it is a brilliant completion and I probably would credit the Bucks more. Well, no, I do credit the Bucks, but I wouldn't yeah. be as concerned about Seattle if it just hadn't been like a recurring. And maybe it's just because it's the new, the new way of beating the cover three, like this kind of the... thing and the fast yeah. three. And I just, I'm sort of acclimatizing to that being a new beater. Of the defense but they'll keep getting this like this condensed thing into the boundary and it'll be cool to see if they have a, a few more different tools for handling it
0: the the i agree and you can tell that the near hook defender i guess in this case the boundary hook defender cody whoever's in his shoes when they play this whether it's dime or whatever however whoever's there whoever's that near hook defender to the three l receiver side who post snap anyway the landmark is pretty consistent like where brook where barton is right now they're not having him if they've got two up they're not having him look to man turn with it and push on a potential sale anymore they want to zone off if with that with who neil is if they want to handle like flood patterns and that's how they're doing it now and i guess this is just If it's not outbreaking, you're kind of screwed. If it's kind of like a scissors or long switch release thing, then, I mean, technically it's up the seam and you're not asking anyone to carry that seam. Technically, strictly speaking, it would be on the free safety, but you're not asking Diggs to make a play right there. I mean, especially from where he's rotating, like that's not possible um ideally you'd like the corner to squeeze it and the hook defender to have enough depth to kind of like what we're showing here you got to make a perfect throw over the linebackers and you just have three defenders if not four converging on the whole picture um to make as hard a throw as possible And that's ultimately what good zone coverage is you're just making tough throws and you count on them not making it like the fact that brooks is even near the picture because you remember he's like the field hook defender he's all the way contesting this as much as anyone in his shoes can
2: yeah more than barton
0: yeah so i just it's also dumb i mean so yeah brooks is pushing barton is in a dig window brooks is pushing to be like the second dig window player because it's three by two final distribution he's also pushing to the boundary to see if he needs to take anything up like a final three it's just they need to find a way to I mean, I feel like it would just especially to the boundary like I actually would carry to like carry to or just play really high and then like your near hook defender can take 3 to the flat through because it's not that much space you're to the boundary you're not to the field. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just but funny they- how,
2: you know, the you know They're matching now, but they're also giving up routes downfield that they would not have given up anyway.
0: Absolutely. They absolutely commentary. did not give this up last year. No. So, Especially after week six. So.
2: Well, that's why leaning the safety to one side and then matching the other state, I mean, this kind of clever. Anyway. Yeah. So that being addressed with the defense, one thing I noticed was they didn't use a – a four-eye technique to um, to a tight end as often. Uh, I think it was when there was cloud force to the outside on that side, but they just played two three techniques. Which I mean, that's cool if you're a nerd. And then um, I'm not sure. I'm not. Drift. Well, is, is there anything you want to add in on the defense?
0: Um... I mean, we talked run defense. We talked third down conversions, just tightly contested stuff. And then we talked the, the the cover three bus. Really, yeah. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I mean, if you could alter one of those three things that didn't go their way, they probably win this game. Just one of the three. So, I I think that it's fixable. But the really the main concerning thing are the assignment bus. I, I think you just live and die by. Whatever happens regarding variance with the 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 Kobe propositions, you know, like I'd take that coverage eight times out of ten and hope that you win eight out of ten times. You know, I thought
2: I thought Kobe was actually really encouraging in the way he looked to cut off, like on the crossing routes, and like Uh almost it's almost like the opposite of being stacked. He's almost stacking the receiver, you know, taking a good angle on over routes and stuff like that. I thought Neil had a disappointing game in terms of helping him out. at times as a, as a layer which i mean that's hard i know but it yeah I, I think he could have been better now i also thought woolen had a bit of a welcome to the league uh match up with mike evans where he tried his quick jam and evans just like fought mm. it out of the way like they were playing some bully ball on the outside and i i think Willen got picked on a bit and that would be good for him it would be a good learning experience yeah. I, I wish we could have seen more of that evans versus woolen yeah and um, then was that uh, was
0: that goodwin on the back shoulder fade too Godwin. Or Godwin, not Goodwin. Godwin. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Fe- it was. Uh, future and he's Seahawk, not, by the way.
2: He's not the, he's not the biggest guy, but he, he had a great game as well. And Yeah. He had the great catch from second and nine to start their game-ending drive where Seattle literally drops a bonus hook into him, bashes him up. Then Kobe gets hands on him, and Brady somehow fi- he somehow recovers and fits it in the window. It's nuts. They're just nuts. They're, they yep. just had a great game. And so yeah. – it don't was their panic guns about the defense game. they had to win well they didn't have to win because they're somehow first place in the nfc they, south, they had to despite win. being five and five but like that was a huge win for them and, yeah yeah you know good good for them uh there we go so that's that's a d- tie defense any questions
1: no I, I i don't have any questions you guys answered all of my questions i learned a lot today that was great There we go. did, did we you go. guys on the chat learn a lot <laughs>
2: Excited,
0: so the only question I have is when we're going to start talking about the offense.
2: Oh snap! Uh, now, 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 right? I that sounds
1: good to me. That sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there we go. Gino Smith is cracked. Let's start there. He's
0: he's really good. He's really good. Um, crazy. Um, good efficiency. Crazy success rate. This game. Um, they didn't have enough drives in the first half because their first couple of drives were really poor. They had a good drive to end the half, but they just didn't have very many of them. Um, And even on that unfortunate fumble, they were moving the ball really well that drive too. Um, And I liked how Pete said, like, we don't need to call those plays really. (laughs) Like, we really don't need to. It's a nice play. Like, like stick draw is a great play to have. It's like, uh, but it only looks great when it works. I wouldn't do it on a short field unless you're like, Inside the five.
2: I think they got caught out because they dropped eight. And so like, I think Gino thought Blythe would climb and and Blythe didn't. Mm. And then he ran into the back of him. And then what he did at the end was obviously bad. But like, other than that, Griff, I thought Gino was like pretty much faultless decision-wise. Like a lot of the stuff Waldron was calling, first half and second half, there was guys like creeping into the downfield window. Like it just wasn't there. And Gina could have tried to force the issue, but he didn't. And he took, he just took what was there. He just continued his, his excellent process throughout. And uh, really some of the plays he made down the stretch were incredible. And it's funny how in his Seattle sports interview, Pete Carroll himself said uh, <laughs> how, uh, how they almost ran, they, they should have, shouldn't have run the ball as much. Like they should have come out passing because, that the, the first half and the slow starts, I think, the Buccaneers played a lot of three buzz, so cover three where the safety comes down into one of the interior underneath zones, cover three being four under three deep. And I think that was to camp in dig windows of Geno. I think Waldron probably didn't expect that because I think uh, Paul, ha- Paul Atwell, a friend of the pod, he said how the Buccaneers hadn't been running as much of that kind of coverage uh in, in past weeks. So again, tendencies switching up a tiny bit. And I think this probably camps in the dig windows that Gino likes. But really what hampered Seattle is they were in so many third and long situations where the Bucks, they uh, you know, they can run their sim pressures, send Devin White, but still rush four guys or creepers, whatever you want to call them. Probably creepers is more accurate. And they moved them around late at the snap. But they also have like disciplined landmarks, and good zone coverage where, mm. you know, in third and long, it's not a good, good situation. And because Seattle couldn't run the ball, like they, they couldn't get it done. Now they found a the rhythm in the second half. But I think that's more because they put the ball in, in Gino's hands to go and do the game. And yeah. uh, uh really, I thought, I thought Waldron did not have his best game. And again, it's against the team who's doing this the cover three stuff to start and then getting into quarter quarter half where I think Gino had a bit more success against I think they're more prepared for that and then uh, there was a few crazy spins into two invert like one or two but Gino Gino's fine on that I don't know really like it's, it's yeah. an odd game from the offense but I don't but the, the good news is like it wasn't really on Gino like I actually was, came away again really impressed with Gino's decision-making other than his fumble, which obviously that was just a what-the-heck moment. But then, like, what's big for me is in that last drive, he comes back and he's, he's uh, you know, it's a shame we didn't get another drive because that could have been an MVP moment. But, like, he's galloping through the pocket and make he's making it out the pocket. He's throwing to a spot on fourth down finding tyler lockett he's finding marquis goodwin in the back of the end zone in the corner like he's accurate he's making the right decision like when he gallops out the pocket it's not open downfield like he 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 didn't have the concept yeah like, yeah he, he knows when to take the concept and when not to he's every everything is like bang 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 there so. was
0: i agree there was only one thing where he missed i thought um and it was actually a dagger combination the the pocket moved a little bit and he looked to reset and he could have fired it out it was on he had dk on on the dig and um it was the it was a couple of plays preceding um the good one touchdown uh would have been fourth quarter right maybe maybe late third but it was it was on the drive of the goodwin touchdown um i think the another reason why a lot of those dig windows aren't popping although this one kind of did. If he fired it, though, the guy matching the number two, because it was Tripp's dagger, outside dagger, so DK was the number one. The guy matching number two, he still had eyes on the quarterback, so he could have maybe clamped down on the dig if he saw Gino about ready to throw. Um, but I think a lot of the reasons why they're not getting these dig windows to pop is because they're not as much of a tight split team as a lot of the teams that do get it to pop are they're more you know normal split if not max split because they've got dk metcalf and they want to make sure they maintain him as a threat on the perimeter and a lot of the reasons why all this stuff works is because of the tight splits and you know it's easier to clear the hook defenders um the curl defenders horizontally because they literally start closer to them. Yeah. And so they're almost like kind on of that running on that DK play
2: speak about Griff. I see what you're saying now. That that is the play Gallup from the pocket, but because of the wide split, like when when he's like let me share my screen. When Gino's back foot had hit, like D only just getting out his cut because the splits are wider. Yeah. So it's a an instance of um
0: no, like I, I do worry about twenty three. If you maybe saw DK ready to load up because maybe you trust the yeah. Post-season. You don't know what
2: this guy's doing because it's a weird, it's a weird spin. It's like um, it's like cover three, but these guys are playing super super deep because they're playing like towards the sticks. But yeah, if if you condense the split up he throws it but because it's from the wide split it's wide open. you don't know really what this guy's doing he's already had his back foot hit and he's hitching up and trianka's yeah. starting to really power through and constrict this so he ends up taking off and running for it yeah
0: now what was cool on the wide split note is that from gun earlier in the game they actually ran split zone with the jet drift like i oh, think oh yes, yes that was one and, my, uh... and gino threw that off his back hip with a rusher in his face and he like floated it so that the timing still worked. Like he purposely didn't put a lot of velocity on it so that he could put it in a spot because DK wasn't even out of his break yet. It was just perfect quarterbacking. I mean, literally perfect, but that's an over the middle concept ran from normal split that is going to hit just inside the number. It's not going to like this offense isn't quite, they're running a lot of the same plays, but the splits are changing where the ball is, is landing um but that was a wild play and that's just gino's timing this game was absurd if we think to that one fourth down conversion to tyler where it's almost like that deep well, snag com- real quick com- what I loved, again
2: real real quick before we yeah before we get to that what i loved about that was it came after a, a jet sweep to a walker and then and then they do uh the the jet action with goodwin they fake the uh the, handoff, the split zone handoff, as you said, and then they fire it to DK. And I think against the press bail corner as well, which again, that's like big trust to to throw that in, but you can see that all the space available inside the corner on cover three and the, here's Goodwin on the jet and here's the fake gun handoff. Yeah, i have never seen that out of gun with jet and split action as well.
0: The, the 49ers cool. will run it, but from a slot formation to the slot nice and a quirk because it's Jimmy and that's yes, the only reason yes, why yes makes sense yeah but so, so this, you, this further this further s-
2: snag well oh, well
0: here really quick before we jump into that one but this just kind of speaks into on the topic of tendency probably because walker you know he has background with shotgun not as much under center um but you know talking about tendency they're they're now running their a lot of stuff out of gun again like gun running that means gun play action is becoming more diverse so they're just same plays different formations right
2: mm-hmm. um
0: they're they're making it difficult for defenses to get a beat on you um but then that one fourth down to tyler where he floated it and tyler kind of retraces a little bit it's kind of like i think it was like a kind of like a five steps five step snag combo yeah, because yeah. snag is normally three step right just an absurd play um had had pressure in his face and, uh, you know, Tyler does it, runs a great route. And that's just like talking about timing. Like Gino was just so clued in. He was so ahead of, ahead of everything. Um, and just wild stuff. Um, he, they, then he had a couple of throws to the tight ends that didn't get completed. Like the one to Kobe or to Colby. Colby couldn't quite get his feet in. I think he might've caught it though.
2: That was what I was talking about. Gino making a great decision as well. because yeah um you know th- actually there's two colby plays where it was almost complete and it wasn't quite but both of them the like, DK's kind of the primary look mm-hmm. and dk's camped on by like an inside kind of safety like a, a lesser quarterback would force that but G- gino yeah. really is good at kind of distributing the ball to the right read
0: yeah and then he had the one to noah fant where fant couldn't quite get his foot in now levante david saved them in that play because he forced such a wide arcane speed release from noah that it screwed off it screwed up noah's uh spacing because noah ended up winning the route you could say but he won it late but with the 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 spacing of it all levante saved him at the line of scrimmage saved himself from being beat because it just noah ran out of room yeah um So it was unfortunate. Now, the other thing this game, I think DK Metcalf had a really solid game this game. Um, When they needed free access yardage in the flat, DK was committed to getting the the extra yards after the catch just to bulldoze the corner. Um, And I think he had like four or five of those catches where he like catching a five yard hitch and, you know, getting another three or four or five yards. So it was just snap after snap of that stuff. That's what sustained some of those drives.
2: Yeah, he he struggled as the uh he struggled as the kind of deeper kind of dude. But you're right. He and I think also they were a let they were letting a lot of contact go on on the perimeter.
1: Yeah,
2: which like I mean DK was unhappy about, but, it was, them, play, to, so. but it was yeah, just him committing to. was just committing to like all right, I got to. He home ran he this ran year. some guys over and and yeah, it was very important. So yeah, that was a quicker part on the offense i think that's pretty much all we've got the The o-line played well th- like at least i
1: don't no know pass, what to
2: say about yeah i don't know what to say about the run game like they couldn't get anything really going there was a few counter plays where i was like oh that's almost that's almost yeah. there and it felt they sprinkled in counter again but like
0: that's counter looks like it's always almost when it doesn't work
2: true true and then you know what part did the surface play like the running backs in the locker room afterwards were pretty adamant. It played a big role. And I know the, o, the like Pete Carroll mentioned the O-line said about it. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, like, uh, uh, they just got their ass kicked. That's what it looked like. But it's unfortunate they couldn't quite get it going. But that that's uh, hopefully a one-game blip. I... I will be interesting to see if that continues. Obviously, the I don't think the Raiders have that good of run defense. So
0: Yeah. It'd be nice to see them just run over a team. Like get the churn out, churn out the the four to six yarders. Can we just have one game where it's that, you know? Yeah. Um but yeah.
2: So So there we go. That's us, that's us overloaded on the tape, I think, Greg.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. and we don't, we don't have a game to preview. We so don't have week, a game to preview. Next week, because it's for the American audience, as you guys know, we've got the Thanksgiving week next week. So what are we doing what's, next week? Uh, what what's
2: that? Thanksgiving, Griff?
0: Thanksgiving is um, a grotesquely American holiday. Grotesque. Where we, we kind of pretend like we're honoring our found. found the thematic foundation of our country while simultaneously ignoring the the atrocities so but there's some i think i think if we want to be wholesome about it Mm -hmm. it's about embracing family spending time with family so there's something good there okay Um,
2: that's that's good yeah lovely yeah well i hope hope you all have a good thanksgiving we'll be back next monday which is before thanksgiving
0: yeah, so we're gonna do a. We're not obviously not doing a recap episode because there isn't a game to recap. So we're gonna do an episode on Monday, where we, where we, uh, where we're 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 gonna we're gonna do like a a, a schematic recap of the season. We're gonna bring in a bunch of numbers. How much they're doing of this? How much they're doing of that? What the stats are when they do this? What the stats are when they do that? And we're gonna have. Whiteboards. I'm gonna have a little personal whiteboard, and I'm gonna draw stuff on it. And Maddie's gonna draw stuff on his whiteboard. I'll I'll get
2: on the big whiteboard. I'll I'll whiteboard Griff out. I'm I'm
0: gonna have whiteboard envy because his will be bigger than mine. Um,
2: (laughs) no, it's not the size that counts.
0: Size size doesn't matter. It's how you use it. Unless we're talking about whiteboards. Whiteboards definitely whiteboard size matters. Um,
2: and then uh, and then we'll also preview the Raiders game on that Monday, and then we'll be back on we'll have a little bi-week break and you'll all enjoy your thanksgiving and then by the way so i just realized
0: he he left the podcast in the middle of his internet died so man down
2: and then on the sunday we will have a live review of the raiders game and we'll be back with our usual uh monday not monday usual (laughs) wednesday thursday sunday schedule Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday schedule, depending on when you listen. But so thank you everyone for tuning in live. Please do like the video if you're watching, comment as well. If you're listening, give us a review. You can give us a review if you're watching as well. Five star review, please, download. Follow the Twitter at Seattle Overload, follow Griffin at C Mike Spinry, follow the departed only temporarily via his internet at Dane Gunzulas tie and follow me at Matty F. Brown thank you everyone for tuning in we do appreciate it and uh yeah we'll be back this was a this was a very in-depth film review so yeah yeah. all right one one more
0: one one more item here why do we tell actors to break a leg
2: i don't know griff um is it because is it is it something like uh uh like an old school really good actor broke his leg on a set and then won an Oscar or something is that what happened like and then it was like oh that must be good luck to break a leg so everyone should go break a leg are you ready yeah
0: because every play has a cast oh <laughs> <laughs>